Well, he's been on before talking school board issues. He's been on before uh, talking about jets in Toronto. But he's also running for city council now, Ward 11, uh, to replace Mike Layton. And Mike Layton hasn't given him an endorsement, but strong encouragement from uh, former city councilor, soon to be former city councilor Mike Layton, to have Norm DePasquale run in that ward. So he's doing so, and he talks about some of his visions for the city and his reaction to people reacting to him running after uh, losing a very close race uh, to become a federal MP last fall and with some controversy around it, not because of him, but because of the eventual winner in that particular race. Have a listen. Certainly some people must have sat you down and said, Norm, come on, you're you're almost too good a man for politics. Surely they said that at some point in time. <laughs> it, it, it's always an honor to be considered. By the way, hi, Greg. It, it is always an honor to be considered like, you know, as somebody who might be a good candidate to, to run for a higher level of office. Um, you know, it, it's an honor to have those kind of conversations with people like Mike Layton. And, you know, when, when people like that ask you to step up and try to have a bigger impact, uh, you step up. Your race changed a little bit, too, over the weekend. Uh, we noted a really late entry last week, a week ago Friday, was uh, broadcaster Ann Romer, who uh, we know her, we love her, we've grown up watching her. She was in the race, and now she is not. So that's that's your ward, and, and that's interesting to me, and you noted it as well yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, this is a big commitment. Um, you know, being being a city councillor, it's it's way beyond a full-time job. It's, it's almost like you're a small business owner putting in 80, 100, 120 hours a week. Um, it's always good to come into this with eyes wide open about what the job entails, what the next two months are going to mean for you, you know, canvassing from, you know, basically when people will accept you at the door till they'll stop accepting you at the door every single mm -hmm. day. Um, and, and definitely, I, I feel for Ann Romer, it sounds like she's had a family situation. Mm -hmm. It's it's a good idea to, you know, kind of assess your situation and see if this makes sense for you. Um, and, you know, I guess the final point I'll make is, you know, nothing good happens after after 3 a.m. And, and often these last minute decisions are kind of like that. Um, it, as you register last minute, like it, I encourage everyone to put a, a, a big level of thought into deciding whether or not you're going to run for city council. I'll ask you because it's it's so widespread and everybody's talking about it, the reaction to it. Uh, we were talking with Nate Erskine-Smith, who's, who's a liberal MP and obviously a colleague of, of Christian Freeland's, and, and he made the point, look, we're having a tough enough time in 2022 getting people to step forward, leave private industry, leave what they're doing, give up some anonymity, No people are going to go through from their garbage to their social media feeds. They're going to get scrutinized. And then that happens on Friday. It, it it made us all feel a little bit ill, regardless of any kind of political stripes we put on our back once in a while. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I left a small business to kind of get uh, heavier into advocacy and fight the jets at the island airport because it just needed that kind of a commitment. Um, but, you know, it's a heavy toll putting your name in the ring and, you know, it, like discourse like that, it's better to try to, um, you know, it, it's fair to protest. Um, it, it's fair to, it, it's fair to have like some civil discourse, but you know, it, it, that's just intimidating. And I, I can only, you know, I, I feel terrible for women who are considering mm -hmm. to enter into the race after, after seeing that, I mean, you know, a six foot two, 220 pound person screaming at you at the top of their lungs. And, and you don't know if it's going to get physical. That is a frightening situation. I'm glad you put it that way because Norm, when I watch the video, I already know 
that she's okay and she hasn't been attacked. But if you if you were in the lobby, you wouldn't know. And and the the men that came rushing in to kind of intercept, and then the guys like, "Don't touch me! Don't touch me!" It should be noted. I I won't abs- I won't let the the two women filming the video off the hook. Like that's a group that's looking to intimidate. I don't I don't put I don't put them in any different category than I do. Uh, the hulking dude saying all the terrible stuff. So I, but, but it knowing that she was not harmed physically, but I can't imagine seeing it live and wondering whether it would escalate. That's a problem. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've been door knocking in apartment buildings and, and have had very large people uh, film me and follow me to the elevator screaming at me. Um, oh. You know, th- these are, these are tough times to canvas and, and, and mental health is really not in a good place. We have to do something about that. Uh, but it, it's very difficult right now to run for office. Um, you know, mental health is not where it needs to be. And, and, and people, you know, are very bold and, and they'll, mm. they'll threaten you, they'll film you. Uh, you know, th- this is kind of what, what canvassing looks like in 2022, unfortunately. There's a lot of people running in Ward 11, but none uh, got as close to being in the House of Commons as you did. You lost a lo- very close, very contentious election. It had some controversy to it, not at all because of you, but because of the now independent MP, Kevin Vong. Um, but I'm just I'm leaving that alone because we've talked about that a lot. You've got the muscle memory. You've been out there already. You were you were out there last year at this time. That must embolden you to get right back. It, it's not like getting off uh, after five, six, seven years and getting back out there. This is very fresh for you. Your, your advocacy and your activism is very fresh. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, that ended the way it did. And I I really, in the end, don't really feel like it was a loss. Um, You know, we we got that riding very close. And now people are strongly considering uh, the NDP in Spadina, Fort York, which is amazing. Um, And, and, you know, advocacy around schools continues. And, um, you know, Pierre Pierre Poiliev (laughs) appeared out of nowhere on our waterfront three weeks ago, trying to get jets there again. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) you know, I I would say I'm probably pretty fresh in some folks' minds around my Mm -hmm. advocacy. And, you know, again, when 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 somebody like Mike Layton encourages you to run and feels like you know you're the consensus builder that's needed at City Hall to to get things done for Torontonians, um, you always listen to that. I got a minute here, but I want to I want to certainly elaborate on it on the other side. This will be a different looking city council. That some people have described it as it's going to have a fresh coat of paint because people like Mike Layton and Joe Cressy and Kristen Wongtam had done it as long as they'd done it. Um, but that's got to be invigorating and exciting to be part of sort of a new class that can take Toronto into the next four years. Like you'll be able to have some influence because of all the new the new faces, voices, and opinions. Yeah, that's right. I mean, seven out of twenty five councillors uh, decided not to run again, so it's going to be uh, like a completely fresh new council. Uh, it's kind of similar to what happened at the school board, where five of twelve trustees were new, and we were able to take the school board in exciting new directions around things like equity. Um, it, it's really exciting. It's it's going to be a great group, a good diverse group. Um, you know, I, I look forward to seeing what we can do together. Um, John Tory, the mayor of the city, Norm, wants to get people back into offices. Um, Toronto is reopening. There's a lot of encouragement. And, and I had like it was like a four for four conversation where I was with three other people on the weekend and we all work in big buildings and we all are in sort of emptier buildings than usual 31 months into this. And I think we all realize that we need the buildings and the mayor is realizing this as well. 
we need a lot of these buildings to be full uh, again to have the city be what it was before uh, March of 2020. I know that's nothing you can really run on as a candidate, but I want to know what you think of of the mayor pushing this hard to encourage businesses, if not incentivize businesses, to to bring people back. Thanks, Greg. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I'm of two minds of this. I work for a very large technology company uh, during the day, and they've essentially told us, um, if you never come back to the office, that's okay. Um, you can work from home um, from here till, you know, further notice, which seems very, very distant. People have found new ways to work and, um, you know, ways to work from home that maybe are, they feel like are a little healthier for themselves. But you know, that said, it's very sad to go through the path system and, and feel like you're in like a post-apocalyptic zombie movie. Like yeah. there, there's there's often nobody down there and, and very sad to see our business core, um, you know, essentially kind of abandoned. But, you know, the, the other side of it is, you know, that that carbon impact of commuting into work. If let's say you live an hour or two out of Toronto, which many people kind of chose to do during the pandemic. So, uh, yeah, this is a, a difficult conversation. Um, you know, I, I'm a big proponent of like a walkable life where you can walk to you know where you live work and play and and you know hopefully um not too many folks have moved three four hours out of the city and and still kind of maintaining a downtown job so i, I understand where the mayor is coming from and, and I'm, I'm completely of two minds on this topic yeah it's it's difficult it, it's got some layers to it and and that's why I, you know I, I love bringing people like you on to have you know nuanced conversation if not debate about it we got a very expensive city to rent an apartment or a house or a condominium in if you don't own already obviously home ownership's always been expensive in the city but rental costs are much higher than they were before the pandemic and people look and they say I haven't been putting gas in my car. Parking's going to cost a lot when I get downtown or the go train's going to cost just as much on my stretch dollar as it did before the pandemic. So, yeah, I, I agree. They kind of back off a little bit and, and say, ah, I, if I can get done what I can get done at home, I, I'd rather do that. And I just I feel like to return Toronto to becoming Toronto norm everybody's got to get back in the boat or at least the vast majority of people and at least a couple or a few times a week. We do. Yeah, you know, I, I think part of this solution has to be housing that we can all afford. I mean, you know, we hear stories of um, students where like a third of the Covenant House shelter population are uh, Toronto Metropolitan University students. Yeah, I mean, w we need affordable housing. Like people won't come back to rent for $3,000 a month um, in a context where it could go up to 3600 next year, right? Where, they, where they're out of Toronto and, you know, maybe they're paying half that or less. We have to address affordable housing for so many reasons. We're in a crisis, and I hope City Council can hear the alarm bells because when I get to City Council, I'm going to sound them. Well, that's it, too. And you're listen, you're passionate about education. So am I. So are a lot of our listeners. I probably hear from more teachers than any other occupation that listens to the show. And I think, well, for, for teachers living downtown and and working in downtown schools or heaven forbid your support staff, right? You're part of those QP negotiations right now and your average salary is around 39 grand. How can we make this a career for you? How can we keep you in this industry? And we got that problem all over the place. Don't get me wrong. Nurses, PSWs, people working in long-term care. But I think about the schools and I'm like, what's the motivation to live and work in Toronto making X amount when they could do it in Sarnia, when they could do it in Belleville, when they could do it somewhere else. And if we want to keep the city thriving, we want to keep our best people here. Yeah, there's absolutely two sides to that. Like people who choose to stay in Toronto 
you're looking at like let's say a two percent wage increase from where you know where the what the province is offering now and they're thinking how can i afford this when groceries have gone up 11 percent rent has gone up potentially 20 percent like if you have a unit after 2018 um you know they're gonna they're gonna head off to another job if they want to stay in toronto or they'll do that other job way out of toronto so yeah um either way it's it's a net negative to toronto education right we, we something has to give norm de is our guest by the way uh he's running uh, for toronto city council in ward 11 you can go to vote norm.ca and find out more if and when you become a city council, you won't get a lot of microphones in your face asking to, to talk about. I know we think about education as a as a provincial item. So a lot of times federal politicians don't get asked about it. And a lot of times municipal politicians don't get asked about it. I know you'll keep your advocacy. I know you'll care about it. What do we do? Because I hear enough, like I said, from teachers and, and people who care to say, why can't we all? It's not quite why can't we all just get along? But it's like, like why can't we get in a room? Why can't the union leaders and Stephen Lechick? close the door behind them and work together. What stops I what stops that from happening? Cuz I look and I go there's a little bit of tension on both sides. There's a little bit of distrust on both sides. How do we fix it? Yeah, first of all, I would just say um to the Minister of Education, like just l- let's stop negotiating in the media. Let let's just get get into a room and, and hash out the issues and because it, it just gets aggravating and it makes it makes it like a contentious negotiation when you're when you're throwing out numbers in, in, in the media and, you know, threatening people about extracurriculars and things like that. Like teachers love doing that stuff. We are in the goodwill business. Um, I, I would just say, let, let's get it all out of the media. Let's get into a room and, and, and bang out a deal. Uh, that's where the deal gets done. Not like, you know, in, in the public eye, in my opinion. But you see QP doing a little bit of that too, don't you? I mean, you see what they want. You know what the demands are. You know what their ask is, right? They're, they're in the media also. Whether they have a news conference or not, somehow it ends up in the paper. Somehow it ends up on this radio station, right? Yeah, it's true. You know, I, I kind of wonder there who's throwing the first punch. Like, uh, you know, I, I've That's certainly fair. seen like the Ontario government come out in, into into the news quite a bit. Um, I, I, you know, I would, you know, if 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 the Ontario government stopped doing this um, and 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 the unions continued, then you would kind of see who's doing it. But I would just say a commitment to uh, for both sides to just get in a room and get this deal done and just make sure it's a fair deal that helps us to retain people in Toronto. Um, that has to be the focus right now. Like, you know, I hear that the government is saying like, you know, inflation may go down next year, but you know, my, my crystal ball isn't, isn't telling me that like we, we have to catch up to what, what life costs now in the city of Toronto. I I don't see life getting a whole lot cheaper in the city of Toronto over the next year or two. Um, You know, and and it's very hard to predict where inflation Mm. will go. So I'm not sure you want to tether negotiations to that either. Yeah, I, I, I'm just hopeful. Every day, I even just a morsel of good news, I think I, I pounce on and I, I hope it's leading to something else. You know, you know, there's no appetite. There's none whatsoever in the public for any kind of labor dispute. Not even a one-day walkout. Not even a one-day lockout if it's the province. Like, we, we've given away too much already. We were probably virtual a little too much more often than we should have been. We can't do it to our mm-hmm. kids. And we can't do it to teachers. Teachers want to be back. You just said it. They want to be doing extracurriculars. They want to see faces. They want to be in front of their kids again. We can't we can't prevent that from happening. Yeah, I mean, I'm so excited for September 7th yeah. where we're going to receive students and, you know, just pick them up where they are and, and help them get caught up again, like socially, educationally. Um, you know, we have mm-hmm. tutoring money, which we can use to really target 
um, and students that seem like they're more left behind and catch them up. But we just want to bring students back into our four walls of care and, and get them caught up and get them excited again about seeing their friends and, you know, doing those amazing things that happen in school, like, you know, getting together in clubs and playing sports and just doing all those things they remember and love and, and just get, get our students back into our mm. four walls of care again. Tutoring's where it's at, Norm. That my grade nine uh, tutor, Mr. Romano, took me from a fifty-four in math at Christmas to a sixty-two in June. Norm, like strive for excellence, that, commitment to excellence. That's, that's me. A, that's amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, we we got tutoring funding from the province, and we're totally using it. And you know, we're bringing in like culturally responsive tutoring. We're we're bringing in tutoring focused on math, science. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I see it in my daughter and my son. Um, you know, they they are catching up, and and it really makes me fills me with hope yeah it's such an important year for them we gotta we gotta fight hard to make sure it all uh, it all goes great hey listen continued uh campaigning and uh hopefully in the fall uh you can come in studio for a visit once uh w- once that gets settled and we get the green light for that i'd love to see you in person here and uh, take some calls from from people who want to vote for you thanks so much for the time today thank you greg have a great day norm de pasquale uh joining us he'll run in ward 11